Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. Today, we are going to be talking about crickets. So if you are a listener in Texas, you are probably very familiar with cricket season that normally happens kind of late summer, early fall, and some years it can get atrocious. (laughs) Very bad. Yes. And this is kind of funny timing because last night I had a cricket that wouldn't shut up all night long. (laughs) He crawled out from underneath the cabinet this morning and I stomped him as hard as I could. See, I am that person that if there's a cricket in the house, it drives me crazy and I have to go find it. And it's just so annoying because they'll chirp, chirp, chirp. And then you start getting close and then it's nothing. Yes. And then you walk away and they start chirping it again. It's like, and you can't sleep. It echoes through the whole entire house. The other thing that I find amusing is we're going into cricket season. I've already started getting calls on crickets, but every time I go to the pet store, there are no crickets. It's like crickets are unavailable. And I'm just like, oh, come on. The irony, right? (laughs) But of course, you know, they are two different crickets. So the crickets that you buy at the pet store to feed whatever, tarantulas or geckos or frogs or whatnot, those are house crickets. And those are specifically, I mean, you can find them, but they're raised for feeder insects. And so that's kind of why there's a shortage of those right now. But the crickets that we're dealing with here in Texas are the field crickets. And so these are larger than the house crickets in the, um, obviously the adult stage, they have an incomplete life cycle. So eggs are laid in the soil. They have nymphs that look similar to the adults, but they're smaller and don't have fully developed wings. And then of course we have the adults and the adults are going to be kind of a dark brown to black color. And they get about an inch long, not including antennae. I never include antennae when I'm measuring. And of course, you know, they're crickets. So they've got big hind legs for jumping. They usually have two long appendages that come off of the tip of their abdomen called Circe. And sometimes you'll see crickets that have a third appendage that comes out the middle. Those are the females. And that's actually the ovipositor, which is the egg laying structure. If you see one that has three things coming off the back, those are the females. So regardless, they're all somewhat annoying for various reasons. And you probably, speaking of the ones that you can't get at the pet store right now, you probably shouldn't use the field crickets to feed your animals because you have no idea what they've crawled through. And so you might be feeding them pesticide or other environmental toxins. So even though maybe these crickets are abundant, you know, wait till the good stuff probably shows up. Right. Yes. Or you can start rearing your own house crickets, which is a pain in the butt. And I really would not recommend doing it. There are other things to grow, to feed a speeder insects. I personally am, I'm doing dubia cockroaches. Yeah. So much, much to my husband's dismay, I have a tank of cockroaches that I'm growing in the house. I like doing mealworms because they're pretty easy and they're not quite as stinky. as Yeah. Yeah. And the good thing about the dubias is that they aren't smelly. Yeah. Like, um, like American roaches or hissers or anything like that, which the hissers are in the garage, 
That's where I had to put mine. I stunk my whole house up the other day and I'm like, what is that smell? And everyone kept saying, it's your roaches. And I didn't believe them, took them outside and it didn't smell. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, ah, but I love them. So with the field crickets, I guess the big issue with field crickets isn't necessarily damage, even though they feed on, well, pretty much anything, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) even each other. They're, they're not picky. They're going to eat yeah each other. They'll eat dead insects. They'll eat plant material. They'll eat garbage. Species. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I guess it's kind of good. I mean, they're great decomposers, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're going to fit into the world and be beneficial in that way. So they they're beneficial because they are a food source for other animals and they are going to help break down various things by consuming them. But it's not like grasshoppers that we talked about previously. They're not out there eating plants or your garden or anything like that. Although they can, I mean, they can feed on those plants. The big thing with crickets that I always get calls on is usually the stinky mass of crickets that people find outside their front door. Yes. In the morning, especially when we have these like huge population explosions And so the crickets will be generally attracted to lights. They kind of swarm into whatever location that light is. You know, I don't know. Why do they die? Do you know why they, they all seem to kind of gather in the area of the light and then you have this kind of mass die off. I don't know if it's just, you know, the older crickets are dying and there's so many I always assumed because uh, where I usually see it less in homes, but around buildings, like especially 24 hour places, gas stations, movie theaters, places that have like really bright lights at night, Costco's, Denny's, you know, things that are light. And also I notice it's on light colored buildings. I always just assume that they usually have like a quarterly pesticide treatment and maybe they're dying when they come in contact with that. And then they start piling up and piling up and piling up. That would totally make sense. Their pest control service is actually doing what it's supposed to do. So you have that pesticide barrier to keep them out of the building. But the problem when we have these massive cricket populations emerging is the pesticides working. And so the crickets are dying and then you have them piling up usually right by the door because that's where people put lights. They, you know, here's where you come in. So here's where our light is. That's where the crickets are drawn to. And of course you have all of those dead cricket carcasses then. And the smell is just, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, it's, if you've never smelled a pile of dead crickets, I'm going to say you're missing out, but you're really not missing out. (laughs) I mean, the biomass, like the weight of all those dead crickets is as much as a bot, a human body or more. So it's like a decomposing animal. It's, it's. It's, and it it's is intense. Rank. I mean, it, it is. is really, really bad. I remember we had, it was probably like a year or two after I first started for extension and we had a massive <laughs> cricket outbreak in the late summer. And I was just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And it's been so bad here in the Austin area before that they have that UT clock tower that they always have lit at night, Yeah, but they actually turned that light off to reduce the amount of crickets that were coming to it because it was so bad. It was terrible, but you know, that is a good solution 
when you are having these massive cricket populations, if you can do something to turn off the lights, especially if you're a homeowner, I mean, it's, it's really easy if you're a homeowner, yeah. turn off your porch light. But if you're a store or something like that, or a gas station, you kind of need those lights at night. Security. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a little bit more difficult. So some ideas would be to maybe direct those lights away from the door. So you still have those light areas, but they're not being drawn into the doors, which could possibly lead them inside, depending on how your doors are sealing and that sort of thing. The other option is the reduced wavelength or the the different wavelengths. So insects see different colors than we do. So a different, a different color spectrum. And so there are specialized bulbs that you can get for various lights that is less attractive to insects than kind of like a regular incandescent spectrum. Mm -hmm. So that would be an option as well. If you're collecting insects, you know, it's, it makes it really easy to do. (laughs) Yes. The thing that's funny about them too, is that some years you'll have a consistent issue with them. And they're like, you think it's got to be over and the next day is worse than the day it was before. But those are kind of here and there. It seems like every single year though, there's like one day or two where they're really bad and it doesn't happen again. And it's real odd. I think it was last year or maybe two years ago. It was like that. I came into the office, it was 8 30 AM and I already had five phone calls and a bunch of emails and some people got very confused and called them grasshoppers. So the first few people I talked to, I was like, I haven't heard about grasshoppers being an issue. And I should have known, known based on, you know, what time of year it was, but it just happened overnight. And I had said, you know, we might not see any tomorrow. And then sure enough, it wasn't a problem. It just was a one day crazy explosion. And they also seem to be sometimes like very conglomerated into one area, almost like they're, they're in pockets. And I mean, even here in kind of the the Austin metro area, I could have a huge cricket population pop up in Pflugerville and nobody else is seeing them. Yeah. It really depends. It's just like what conditions are going on in that particular area? Because usually when we have outbreaks of crickets, it's because we have kind of like a really dry spring that kind of helps for the egg survival. Because since these lay the eggs in the soil, if we have a real wet spring, then that can actually cause fungus and different things to kill off some of those eggs. So if we have a dry spring, then you have more of that egg surviving. But then we also need rainfall in kind of July and August. So there's vegetation enough to feed those nymphs and get them into the adult stage. And so it kind of has to have this thing. So I don't know when we have those kind of little pocket areas, if it's because of irrigation, like how well they're irrigating during the summer, that it's just kind of making this perfect storm for a cricket population to go crazy or not. But no, I've had them one time. I, it was a couple of years ago, there was a school and it was just this one particular campus But the crickets were, I mean, there were thousands of them on this wall. The people called me and they're like, we're having a cricket outbreak. And I was like, what? But it was just that school. (laughs) So I was like, what are you doing that the crickets are going nuts there? But apparently, you know. They probably had, maybe they did water really well. Like the field, you know, schools usually have some land. 
I can't recall what year it was, but it was, it's been 10 to 12 years ago, the last big invasion that we had in San Antonio, like intense one. And they were getting into, they would like around shopping centers and things. And there was like a wick office and they were getting inside, climbing up the walls on the inside or making their way inside somehow. And they were building up in the drop ceilings. And then, then they were so heavy in there that they were falling through on people that are sitting. And this was happening in doctor's offices. And it, it seemed to be kind of citywide. It, I didn't really put like thumbtacks on a map to figure out if it was pocketed, but it was crazy. And then the problem is, is that pest control comes out and they treat and you have them pile up dead and then they start to smell. And that's a whole other issue. And it's like, well, what you paid for is, is what you got and, and it's doing what it's supposed to do. And so then it's up to the business owner or whoever to have to scoop up and sweep up trash bags of, I mean, if you can imagine black, huge trash bags, just full of dead crickets every single day, otherwise you have feet and feet and, you know, higher than your head of dead crickets. When those populations are huge, it's like apocalyptic. Like it's just weird. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy. So typically with crickets, like you mentioned, you had a cricket at night, the adults are typically going, or actually the, the nymphs too. So the nymphs and the adults, they're going to spend their daytime hours, usually kind of hiding They're They're not really out and active. These are nocturnal insects that are going to come out at night to feed or if they're adults mate or, you know, whatever, whatever crickets are doing, you know, mating, <laughs> laying eggs, eating, hanging out, hanging out with other crickets. <laughs> if you're looking for the crickets during the day, you're not really going to be very successful because right. they are typically hiding usually in dark kind of damp areas. And that could be either in the house or it could be outside. Hopefully it's outside. But if you are dealing with crickets, like we mentioned, a lot of times, if you have your light on by the door, then that can lead them inside your house. And then you have that rogue cricket that you have to go find at like 2 a.m. So if you want to avoid that, a good thing to do would be working on excluding your home. This could be anything from you know, making sure your window screens are in good repair and that you don't have holes in them that they can come in. Although, you know, right now I don't think anybody's opening the windows because it's really hot. Right. Um, but you know, it, it could happen that we actually have it cooling off mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they, they might open the windows. And so if your screens have holes in them, then things can get in and then weather stripping around doors and windows, making sure that that actually has a good seal. That's a big one. What else? Weather stripping screens, you know, doors that don't close quite properly. If you can see light coming through, then that's plenty of room, I think, for any insect, big or small, to make their way inside. The door sweeps, right? If you're oh, if you can yeah. see a lot underneath the door. And the other thing, if you don't, if you use like a window unit, making sure that that's kind of, especially if it's on like a ground floor or the window is pretty low to the ground and there's a light close to it, making sure that you have those little accordion things nice and tight so that there's not a little sliver that those crickets can squeeze their way into. And you can also use things like a expanding sealant any around any pipe penetrations or wire penetrations that go into the house and then uh, weep holes. Mm -hmm. For those of you that may not know what a weep hole is, if you have a brick or a stone facade, there is going to be usually a hole 
in the brick or stone towards the base of the foundation. And it actually allows air in and out of the wall voids. So it's really important that you have those. So you don't have moisture and mold and stuff building up in those wall spaces, but insects can get in through those areas. So what you can do is you can, if you want, put some pesticidal dust in there as kind of a double whammy, but then you can put a copper mesh or like I use the, you can use those like green scrubby pad or blue scrubby Mm -hmm. pad things. And that's going to physically block those insects from getting in, but it's also going to allow air to still move in and out of those spaces. A lot of people will say use steel wool. You can just be aware that if it gets wet from rain or your sprinkler system or something like that, then it can actually cause rust to kind of leak out of that hole and it may stain the foundation or brick or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's why we recommend copper mesh or, you know, some other thing. They actually make uh, specific things that you can put in there, but, you know, in my opinion, they're kind of expensive. But if you want to go with that, because they do look nicer, I guess, than just cramming, you know, whatever in there, but yeah, you know it's all up to you. You can buy those as well. And you can get those at like, you know, hardware stores or whatnot. And all those things are not just for crickets, but those are really good exclusion practices for any insect issue. So just in general, those are good uh, kind of things to maintain around your house to keep any, any pest out. Well, and then also going along with crickets or whatever, making sure that you clean up your beds. A lot of people will put landscaping beds right up next to their house and that vegetation kind of builds up and builds up. And if you're not cleaning that out and of course we're watering that, so that makes it moist and it's decaying perfect habitat for not only crickets, but Mm -hmm. a bunch of other stuff. That's something that you want to make sure that you are managing and monitoring. And if you are a new homeowner that you're actually just first putting that in, you may want to put a base between, maybe fill that with gravel or something like that, maybe 12 inches or so all the way around wherever you're putting the landscape. And then you can put the landscape beds in front of that. And from the street, you're still going to have that nice landscaping in front of your house. Nobody's going to know that that space is there because it's behind all that vegetation, but it's going to allow you to one, keep the plants right up from touching the house, but it's also going to give you space so you can monitor whatever might be moving in, whether that's crickets or termites or whatever. It's kind of creating a buffer zone almost. Right. And if you're like me and you have a ton of potted plants that you have moved out of the heat and kind of under the porch or right next to the faucet, every time I move one of those potted plants, a cricket crawls out. So that's probably how I'm getting them in my back door because all the pots are sitting right there. So anything that's kind of, if you've got firewood piled up, potted plants, you have a bag of mulch sitting there, think like a cricket, wherever they like to hide is where they're going to hide. Yeah. Dark, damp spaces, dark, damp, wet. Anything else on cricket? They're a nuisance when they're chirping. They're a nuisance when they pile up and die and smell but they're not really harmful. They're not a medical issue that they're going to sting you or anything like that. Right. Your dog can put it in its mouth and it's not going to die from it. Your cat can chew on it. Not a problem. 
I wouldn't recommend chewing right. on them because, you know, I don't think that that would taste very good. Knowing what they crawl through, that'd be pretty yeah. gross. If you get them in your house and you don't mind them, you know, in a lot of European countries, not the field cricket, but the house cricket, if it comes into your house, it's thought to be good luck. So we can maybe give it a, a twist and give it an American good luck charm. Yeah. Um, see? I suppose. And you know, you can carry it around. Like I remember in Mulan, she had that little cage with the, she did <laughs> totally do that. That would be cute. We're going to start something. Yep. We're going to, it's our next millionaire idea. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, crickets aren't something to panic over and just remember if you are dealing with crickets, it's going to pass. This too shall pass. And fortunately right. with crickets, it's not going to be a really long season. Like Molly said, it can be a day. It may be stretched out to a couple of weeks, depending on how bad the population is. But this is just one of those things that it hits and it's over and we move on to the next bug. And sometimes there's no explanation or reason why nature just does what it wants to do. It, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason. That's what people exactly. always try to say, well, how can we, and it's like, I can't predict what bugs are going to be a problem this year. <laughs> it's like, well, do they're you, on their own schedule. <laughs> do you think th saying that though, do you think that, um, do you predict that we might have a cricket issue since we did have a pretty droughty spring. And then we had punctuated by a lot of rain in the summer. So the conditions are ripe for, um, yeah. crickets it, to be a bad problem. But yeah. then again, the conditions could be absolutely perfect. And we don't see a single cricket or we don't see, I wouldn't say that we're going to see a single cricket, but we're not going to see a single spot that has a big cricket problem. So, you know, time will tell. Here's to hoping that we don't have the massive outbreak population this year, but you know, this year has been so funky with insect <laughs> issues that it really would not surprise me nope. if the crickets decided to join the fray. <laughs> <laughs> it's job security for us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all we have for field crickets. If you have any further questions, you can contact us via email or you can go to entomology.tamu.edu. We will catch you next time. Thanks.